This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me. It is very much appreciated. I'm back at the usual time, of course, of 8 a.m. because uh, yesterday's wasn't. Again, apologies for those that were uh, missing uh, the show in the morning. It is very much appreciated that uh, those that tuned in then at 4 uh, a.m., that'd be ridiculous, 4 p.m., uh, yesterday afternoon, we did catch up on like yesterday's news. We talked about the press conference. So uh, if you haven't yet watched yesterday's 8 a.m. at 4 p.m., go back and watch it, is, is, is what I would say. Uh, but good morning to those joining us in the chat. Thank you so much for doing so. Um, Blackshine, good morning to you, to Olu, to Pika Hu, to Damien. Good morning to Olawale, Matt G, Peter. Uh, we've got Matt, we've got Marcus, George, John, uh, Blackshine, Clintsey. Uh, Temi, Stuart, Brian, Roy, and so many of you guys joining us as well. Plenty of you obviously joining us over from the States, which I always kind of madly appreciate because it's like, it's silly o'clock in the morning over in America and North and South America. So it's it's fair play to, to you guys and gals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, but yes, do uh, drop a like, subscribe, all of the usual stuff that you're expected to do uh, on your, uh, your travels through YouTube. And uh, without further ado, we'll crack on with today's stories. Of course, today is match day against Chelsea. Arsenal will face Chelsea at Stamford Bridge at 5.30pm UK time. I'll be covering the game from base camp, as we're now calling it. If you watched yesterday's show, you'll know that reference. Um, but uh, I'll be covering it from here, which hopefully means that we can still see the uh, the omen, the bad omen, if it exists or not, kind of ended. Hopefully it does. I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's get on with today's stories, though. I thought I'd start off with kind of a nice, um, uplifting story, if you like. Uh, Arsenal's late uh, former player, Jose Antonio Reyes, uh, his son has signed his first professional contract uh, with Real Madrid. And uh, I just thought this was... Uh, this was a really, really nice story to kind of to kick off today's show because you know uh, Arsenal have their links with with Reyes and and his really sad passing a number of years ago. 
I think it was something that shocked um, everybody in the footballing world, really. It was so sudden, it came out of nowhere. And uh, so to see his son um, sign his first professional contract with Real Madrid is, uh, is a great moment. Um, so I thought I'd, I'd share that story with you for those that had not seen it over the last couple of days. Um, another interesting piece of news, uh, this time more Premier League related, is Steve Parrish, who is, of course, the uh, chairman of, of Crystal Palace. He's come out to speak about the meetings that have gone on at uh, kind of these leaders' conferences that he's attended, his Leaders' Week conference at Twickenham, um, in which there's discussions going on about a Premier League wage cap. He says, as far as a competitive balance uh, is concerned, people need to be bold, uh, he said. I think there is change afoot. UEFA's squad cost caps are one idea. Maybe something that is a bit more rigid than that with a hard cap at the top that doesn't take turnover into account where there are vagaries, vagaries, I guess, uh, of how the turnover comes about. And there are really positive conversations going on about it. We also have to be very careful because there are also unintended consequences. Hopefully we will get somewhere that will be beneficial, not just to the clubs in the Premier League, but to the whole pyramids and their ability to compete. We are voting for our competitors to be able to do better and challenge us. And I think that um, what's interesting about the wage cap in particular, I think it's a good idea in kind of essence. The problem is, and I think Jay points this out in the chat box, is wouldn't this then see a lot of players see like clubs uh, in Saudi Arabia a lot more attractive? Because if you can't earn over a certain amount in uh, the Premier League and you can go and earn a silly amount of money elsewhere, would that put the Premier League at some kind of disadvantage? I mean, arguably, the Premier League is already at a disadvantage because there are clubs in Saudi that are offering wages that the Premier League clubs, even without the wage cap, cannot compete with. So I guess there is something to be said about that. Um, I, I don't know whether or not that this is going to come in anytime soon uh, and how obviously that would impact on, on Arsenal. Um, but I think that a, a wage cap in football is a good idea um, and certainly would make things perhaps more competitive uh, across teams. How long it would take to implement, how long the effects would take to, uh, to you know, talk about uh, and and see an impact of, we don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, let's, let's, let's wait and see what happens. But it's very interesting. He also spoke about the uh, 3pm. They said, I think they made a good decision on keeping the 3pm matches off television. I think it is very important for participation and very important for attendances in the lower leagues and culturally very important. Um, the Premier League also confirmed that all matches displaced to Sunday 2pm slots due to clubs participating in the Europa League or the UEFA Conference League on a Thursday night would now be televised. Uh, he says, I think it's very frustrating for supporters when a game gets displaced. It's a big game and there is maybe a lesser game on television and that big game isn't on. So I think increasing the number of games is a positive the packages have been constructed in a way that they should create good and healthy competition, which is what the consumers want. So, you know, I think there was a Liverpool game that was recently displaced because of that and it wasn't on telly. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, Sabro says the 3pm rule only punishes fans. Uh, it's not true. Uh, the 3pm rule, I, I mean, I guess it kind of is true, but it's true in a weird way. The, the, the 3pm embargo exists because, as Steve Parrish points out, teams at the lower end of the pyramid need those attendances to to help with income uh, and help to maintain themselves the match going fans to clubs in league 1 league 2 in non league 
is really important. And attendances at those games is, is very, very key to their financial stability. So if you suddenly take away the 3 p.m. embargo and less supporters go to those games because they have an excuse to stay at home and watch uh, whatever 3 p.m. game is on, um, it, it arguably it ends up punishing the fans because clubs could be seriously financially affected by that. So I'm kind of always understanding of why the 3 p.m. embargo exists. Um, but I do understand um, uh, why people have their, you know, grievances with it, especially when they can't watch their team. Uh, if they're, you know, an Arsenal supporter, for instance, they can't get to those games because I suppose there's less supporters of the clubs further down the pyramid, so it's easier to get to those games. Um, so I understand that to some extent. But uh, yeah, I it's uh it's a, it's it's a strange one and as john says all games should be available on tv some could be ppv uh if it's realistic and i think that maybe if there was a pay-per-view structure how that would change the minds of the the decision makers i'd be interested to see the temptation of that additional financial income now let's talk a little bit more about today's game between arsenal and chelsea uh, there's positivities and optimism surrounding both william saliba and bakaya saka and the hope is that both of them will be indeed with the squad for today's game. Chelsea, of course, have got their own benefits, but Maurizio Pochettino has said in his own press conference that a number of players will be assessed going into the game. Armando Breuer is not available. He's got another knee injury, not the same knee as the one that was damaged last time, but the other one. Um, but Nico Jackson is being assessed. Reese James is being assessed. Um, and I think there are a number of other players that have come back off international duty that are also being assessed. But um, I'm waiting to see the lineup. I'm excited to see the lineup today. I'm really hoping that it is what we all want it to be. And we all know what that is, which is, of course, Raya, um, uh, Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel Zinchenko, Partey, Rice, Erdegaard, Jesus, Saka, Martinelli. That's what we're hoping for. It would be the first time that that 11 has been used this season. It would be the first time the midfield three have been used in the, the Premier League. It would be the first time that it's been used... Uh, the front three in all of the whole of this season. We've not seen Jesus, Martinelli and Saka play together yet this year, this season, sorry. Um, so that that's really good uh, if, if we see that. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, indeed, um, John says no picks of either of them on training. Uh, Arteta gameplay or worrying? Don't worry. Uh, Arsenal are very, very conscious that you and others, John, are meticulously looking through those training pictures. They know that you are, and they know that those training pictures are used often to try and uh, infer different amounts of information about uh, about what team news there might be. So, uh, no, do not buy anything into those. Arteta even confirmed himself that, you know, the likes of Saliba and Saka will need, will need to see how they train today. So, um, in a way, he indirectly confirmed that they were involved in training and were going to be involved in training. So, uh, I don't think you need to worry about that. And our headline story is Ben White's hair. No, it's not. Um, but it is Ben White. And Ben White has been speaking to Sky Sports uh, in which he conducted a very good interview talking specifically kind of about his uh, his commitment to Arsenal. He was asked about uh, the discussions around a new contract. And he says, yeah, of course, when asked about the prospect of staying with Arsenal longer, I want to stay at Arsenal for as long as I can, stay at the highest level and push this club back to where it needs to be. Whenever that's spoken about, it's an amazing feeling that someone wants you. I've still got a few years left on my current contract, so even to be speaking about it is a nice feeling. Um, it's great, kind of, you know, I think Ben White's attachment to Arsenal is obvious. Uh, I know that he's not always the most, um, what's the word, 
um, I don't know what the right word to describe him is, but he's not always like the most enthusiastic um, person with media and uh, in those engagements, but certainly he's very enthusiastic on the field. He does his talking on the pitch, which I think as anyone as a fan of a player can appreciate. Um, there were, I, I was surprised that there wasn't a question specifically about kind of the England um kind of situation he was there is a uh, there is a line in the article on sky that i'll read it to you it says white proved himself at every juncture he then had to do it all over again after his 50 million move to arsenal those who doubted him after a difficult debut against brentford in 2021 are quiet now his quality is clear albeit perhaps not to those in the england setup so that was a line that was used in the piece and it does and it is followed by a direct quote so i'll read that again to you he says, I think every year you have to prove yourself, every game. There are obviously so many good players here. They will just take your spot if you're not at 100%. It's my job to do the best I can to stay in the team and help as much as possible. I don't really know how I'm seen outside the club, but I know that the people that matter have their opinions, and that's all that really bothers me. It's the manager's decision to play who he wants to play, and luckily at the moment, I'm on the team sheet. Obviously, that was relating specifically to Mikel Arteta, not Gareth Southgate. I hope that we see Ben White involved in an England squad very soon. I fear that it's going to take the next coach beyond Gareth Southgate to make that decision. I hope that it doesn't, but I'm fearful that it will because he deserves to be in that squad because he's exceptional as a player and has been exceptional for a consistent period of time. But it's obviously really good to see him committed to Arsenal, um, committed potentially to the signing of a brand new contract, and uh, hopefully we'll see him at the club for a very, very long time indeed. Right, uh, let's move to part two then and your questions right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's go into the chat, shall we, and tackle some of your questions. Um Rob says, do you think it's a dereliction of journalistic integrity that Southgate isn't asked about why he doesn't select Benny Blanco? It's just not discussed. Uh, no, I don't think it's a dereliction of journalistic integrity. And I actually think the interview that was uh, conducted on Sky, um, Nick Wright is the is the uh, the journalist that did it, did a fantastic job with the interview. So no, I don't think it's a dereliction of journalistic integrity. That's incredibly um serious <laughs> to even say um i just think there are certain things and i've come to learn this there are sometimes things that you know there are that you you know not to kind of mention um i learned that the hard way and i talk about um 
you know, the Granite Jacker situation. I had the first time I spoke to Granite Jacker, I asked a question that was refused to be answered. And it turned out what I'd asked, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that you don't ask about. I didn't know at the time. I didn't know there was an issue with that. And I'm not going to talk about what that was because I respect the fact that the question was asked in a private setting and a private interview and, um, and, you know, never came out. Um, that part, it was never broadcast that section. And so Jacker's, um, ability to turn down the right to answer the question means that I shouldn't necessarily release, you know, what the question is. It's not even that dramatic, to be honest. Um, it's just something you didn't want to talk about. But I think that there is something to be said sometimes about you learn the the need, not niches, uh, the kind of little, the behavioural traits of certain players, what they do, what they don't want to, and what they're not willing to talk about. There could have been something said before the interview. You know, there might have been a, a quick kind of... Um, a vetting of questions there could have which is very normal uh not necessarily for arsenal but just in interviews in general uh, and sometimes they like to know what they're going to get asked so they can prepare for the answers and stuff like that and people might say well that's not fair you know they should be probed on anything that you want to probe them on but it is just part of it um it's it's just part of it and if you don't understand that i, I think it comes down more to not knowing how the industry works than anything else but it certainly is not a dereliction of journalistic integrity very very harsh indeed uh john uh oh so i can't even read that out because we're in part two now i can read this out uh, what was uh what was it that took place rewrite for england we don't know we still don't really know and the privacy of that incident has been respected for quite some time and that's fine um it's absolutely fine that that's been respected yeah, are, we, are we curious for sure am i curious absolutely I'd love to know because um, I'm a curious person. Um, and so it's, for me, always, always, always important to, if there is something that does not want to be discussed, you have to respect that. And some people aren't going to accept that. Some people aren't going to respect that. But uh, ultimately, if you want to continue doing what you're doing, um, <laughs> it's the way that goes. Uh, Sabre says, but isn't that the problem that you as journalists tread the line of PR instead of being real journalists i mean feel free to show me an example uh of quote unquote real journalism uh in that sense i think for me is incredibly and i'm speaking as someone with the experience um in the position of going to games of speaking to players of being in press conferences that there is you learn very quickly the nuances that's the word i was looking for the nuances if you ask certain questions over and over or you ask questions in certain ways or if you ask disrespectful questions in some senses, you're not going to get back. You're not going to go back. You're not going to be invited back. You're not going to be prompted to ask questions in press conferences. And there is a level of respect there as well. Um, and so that's important. If you want to go into the journalistic world and do what you think is not towing the PR line, if you like, has been described. I wish you the absolute best of luck. Um, I personally don't think that, you know, uh, <laughs> you're going to be in too many presses or in too many situations where you can ask all those questions that you want to. Um, but uh, good luck to you. That's <laughs> what I say. There's a game. It's a game and you have to play the game. I'm very honest and open about that. Um, you just kind of have to learn the nuances of it. You have to learn what's 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 good and what's not. And I've certainly learned that the hard way in at the start of my career and uh, have learned that I need to improve the questions that I ask and that you can ask things in certain ways. Look, I'll give you a good example. If you ask Mikel Arteta whether or not we're going to sign Mihailo Mudrik, he's not going to give you an answer because he doesn't have to. You know, you can ask questions, but nobody you ask a question to as a journalist 
has to answer your question. They don't have to. They can just turn down the right, or not turn down the right, they can exercise the right to not answer your question because they're entitled to do that. So I always kind of, whenever I'm going to a press conference, try, and I'm not always successful, but try to ask a question that I hope is going to get an answer. Now, I'll give you two examples of where this has worked and where this hasn't worked. The most recent example, for instance, is when I went to a press conference, I think it was before, might have been one of, before the, one of the Champions League games against, I think it might have been before the PSV game. And I went there, it was right after the whole Raya Ramsdale thing had happened. And I asked Arteta, what would you say is the characteristic difference between Raya and Ramsdale that would make you pick one over the other for certain games? And I'd thought long and hard about that question because I was curious as to, you know, he might talk about the strengths of one, he might talk about, um, you wouldn't describe the weaknesses, of course, because that you wouldn't expect that, but you would talk about the... Um, uh, you would talk about specifically kind of the uh, the positives of each player and then you might be able to fit them. I think that from my perspective and just from looking at how this has played out, that David Rare is without a doubt the number one. I'm not sure that there is too much in the whole specific goalkeeper for specific games. I don't really buy it. Um, and so for me, when I look at that example and he turned around and says, I'm not going to give you kind of the the differences of why I'd pick one player over another. That's fair enough. But during the January window of this year, uh, and Mahalo Mudrik was obviously linked and um, I'm trying to think back now because it was a long time ago, but the price tag that was kind of associated with Mudrik was going up and up and up and was being asked crazily kind of high levels. And so I asked Arteta whether or not it was something along the lines of I asked him because I wanted to ask about Mudrick, but he's not going to talk about Mudrick because he's not an Arsenal player and he was going off to another um, he's going off to another club in Chelsea. And so I asked something along the lines of um, do you think that the prices that Arsenal are willing to pay for players is not going to reach the certain levels that the other clubs are willing to pay for? And is that frustrating? And he gave a really good long answer. Um, and so for that, I think when it comes down to uh, a situation whereby you want to be kind of clever with a question, it works. And it's not always going to be uh, it's not always going to be successful. So I hope that's given some insight into kind of that. Um, but it's it's quite it's you know it's it's, it's I feel to me it's quite obvious. It's quite a lot of common sense that goes on around it. Um, John says, if you're too controversial and ask uncomfortable questions, you just become a no-mark YouTuber like some on this platform. I mean, I don't know about that, but um, I just don't think it's right. Um, um, Reckland Dice says, stop muddying the waters, Tom. We get it. Journalists these days are puppets. Let's move on. <laughs> how ridiculous. <laughs> uh, give me an example of someone who has no idea of how anything works, and then that's it. Um Let's go to uh, Paul says, do we have the kit colour for today's match at Chelsea? Home kit or bright yellow? Uh, let's have a look. Usually there is a little bit of a hint that we can get. Uh, usually it comes on the Arsenal page and it says like next game um, and it's Arsenal against Chelsea. Have they done it? No, they haven't released it. So at the moment, doesn't look like we have any indication yet about, oh yes, we do. Uh, we're playing in red and white. Uh, there you go. I found it. It was the last tweet. Red and white is what we're playing in today. So there you go. Um, 
Mark says, hey, Tom, in the NFL, if a game sells out, it can be then on TV. If it's not a sellout, then it can be ba- uh, blacked out or embargoed. Uh, do you think this could work for 3 p.m. kickoffs? Not really, because obviously always Arsenal games are quote-unquote sold out. So you're never going to, you know, you're never ever going to see a situation whereby, um, uh, that, that, you know, that, that they won't sell out. Arsenal's always going to sell out. So it doesn't work. It's a nice idea. I think that's why the NFL works. But also in America, you have situations where you don't have the 3 p.m. embargo. So it's you don't have that same thing, really. As far as I'm aware, anyway, I don't think you have that same thing. But maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Matt says, just be honest, Tom, uh, you and Ben White got drunk while he was on England duty and you both got sent home. <laughs> Imagine that. I wonder what his drink of choice would be. Uh, I don't know. It'd be a waste of a question. And we know how we feel about wasting questions here now, don't we? Um, Wontong Soup says, I always hear fans say, if if I was there, I would say this. But if they got there, they would crumble. Uh, I thought Curtis would be hardline, but he wasn't. I've I've said my thoughts on Curtis's Mbappe question. Some people took umbrage against uh, my kind of criticism of it in some ways, which is fine. I think I'm entitled to have a an opinion i think it was a, a waste of a question personally um i know he doesn't i've seen his reaction to that and it's fair enough i respect the opposite view um but I, if i was in that situation you know in the situation of being kind of like you're not regularly going to press conference neither am i to be fair because i'm you know kaya is obviously going to the press conferences it's only when he's not available to go that i'm going to the press at the moment um but uh yeah i, I just I, don't, I just yeah i wouldn't have asked that but you know, you know, it's interesting. It creates a clip, creates some engagement. Um, front yard. Sit- oh, I think we've done that one. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Oh no, we haven't. Um, front yard says Tom. I don't know if it's real, but I saw Arsenal was making a promo kit with some company. I forgot the name, but if it's happening, it looked amazing. Yeah, uh, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, Maharishi is the fashion designer, and they are doing a collaboration with Adidas. And there were some leaks um, of the kit. We talked about it at length yesterday. So I'd recommend going and watching yesterday's show um, to get my thoughts on that. But I agree with you. I think it looks unreal. So there you go. Uh, and yes, Sean, I will be getting on the new merch dropping next week. I look forward to getting hold of that pre-match kit because it is, uh, it's very, very nice indeed. So yeah, I look forward to that. Um, King says, morning, Tom. I've been watching Mark Goldbridge recently because I relish United's demise. Uh, that aside, he thinks Chelsea is a must-win to solidify a title challenge. Do you agree? Yes, I do. I think that we absolutely have to ask that question. Um, I, I think that you, you know, you're in a position whereby Chelsea are a bottom half of the table team or a mid-table team at best, and if you want to win the league, you've got to beat those teams. So. If we solidify that title challenge, yes, I do think that we have to, um, without a doubt, win it. Without a doubt. Johan says, to be fair to Curtis, he was put on the spot as his original question was already asked, so he had to pivot quickly. Always have a backup. Always, You're in a room with you know, 30-year-old journalists, and there is only so many things that you can ask Arteta. So I would always recommend. I have to have two questions whenever we go. We get two questions to Mikel. Um, and so I have three or four in mind um and sometimes i might change it if some of that has been asked already sometimes like the ramsdale situation there was questions already asked about ramsdale and that presser but i felt the specificity of the question that i had was different enough so i still asked it didn't get the answer that i wanted but it is what it was um you always have a backup have like two three four if you're asking two have three or four if you're asking one have a backup or two uh ready always um 
it's just a learning curve. And so if Curtis is in a position where he gets to ask another question, I'm sure he'll be, he will learn from that. Um, uh, you, Nathan, says, hey, Tom, I know we've already discussed a lot about transfers, but would you rather Tony, Pedro Neto uh, or Ozymen, as in ten, Tony and Neto or Ozymen or the inverse? Good question. If, I think Ozymen. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you're, you, he's one of the elite strikers out there. So I think I would choose Ozyman over signing both Tony and Neto. Um, let's go to... Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Louis says, how good would it be if all ex-Chelsea players score like Havertz, Jorginho, and Ketia and Rice? Oh, imagine a 4-0 win where all, they, all of those score. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Um... Stephen says, I think the Ben White leaving England and then not being picked for England is a genuine question to ask both Ben White and Southgate. If they don't answer, fine, but I think it's a question. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking Southgate why he's not picked Ben White for this squad. You know, I, I think that's fair. Um, and I think that the way in which Nick um, on Sky asked a question which kind of got a bit of an answer was a very clever way of asking the question. And he did very well, and that's why he got the answer that he did regarding kind of, uh, I don't... Um, let me find the specific. Here it is. He says, I think every year you have to prove yourself. Every game, there are obviously so many good players here. They will just take your spot if you're not 100%. Um, it's my job to do the best I can. I don't really know how I'm seen outside the club, but I know that the people that matter have their opinions, and that's all that really bothers me. So I think there was a bit of an answer there, and I think it was very clever how it was asked. Um Let's go. Tom says, uh, hi, Tom. You may remember I DM'd you last week about how to navigate the mix zone. Finally plucked up the courage to speak to Jonas Ideval, Alessia Russo and Beth Mead. Thanks for that. You're absolutely welcome, Tom. I do remember um, for context, Tom messaged me because he was going to uh, one of the Arsenal women's games and asked about how kind of it works in the mix zone. So I gave him some advice. Uh, he's very nervous about asking questions. I remember being in that situation. Um, it is nervous. It is, it's nervy to do it. You know, at first it's it's really kind of like you're speaking to people that have, you've looked up to, that you've watched, that you've been a fan of for years in some places, not so many so long because they've just joined. Um, but um, certainly it, it can be a really intimidating environment. And the players aren't always willing to stop. So you've got to kind of put yourself out there and try and grab them for a question. Um, and it's certainly something that I've had to learn to, to get more confident about and to do, especially because you're also, you're not on your own. You're surrounded by other journalists that want to ask questions themselves. So you've got to, you know, put yourself out there and, and be confident and ask questions. So, um, yeah, it's I'm glad that it went well, Tom. And it's fantastic that uh, you managed to speak to, to all of them. Uh, in particular, I'm, I'm intrigued to, to, to know what Beth said. So send me the uh, quotes if you get a chance. I'm curious. Um Let's scroll up a little bit more. Um, Sabre says, have you ever had a question that someone before you asked badly and you've been frustrated about their lack of skill in extracting an answer? Not, no. Um, usually what happens is if someone asks a question, a player will either answer, or, I mean, this is obvious, but they'll either answer or they won't. And the answer they give for a player in particular is usually really, you know, quite, it's at length at times. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes, obviously, there's a bit, sometimes a bit of a language barrier still. You know, Tommy Asu, for instance, has got still learning English, but he, he tries his absolute best to give the best answers that he can. Um, and I think that uh, when it comes to, you know, the asking of questions, no, I'm just, I'm always thinking about what I'm going to ask. I'm listening to what's been asked. I'm then asked, thinking about what I'm going to then 
ask myself. So no, I've never felt like uh, frustrated by a question being asked. Sometimes I've someone's asked the question that I was going to ask, which are a bit like, oh, but then you're thinking quickly, what do I ask now? Because it's not like a press conference where you can prepare for a long time of what you're going to ask and have backups. Uh, the, the mix zone is like very much on the fly. You've got to think on the spot. You've got to be kind of quick and how you're then going to uh, answer questions. Uh, John says, learn Japanese. That would help. Uh, and certainly, I'll tell you, that's that's also one of the things about the mix zone is that you've got a lot of foreign speakers in the mix zone sometimes. So a lot of Japanese media come to speak to Tomiyasu. Um, Portuguese speaker media come to speak to like Gabriel Martinelli, ESPN Brazil, for instance. So often they get kind of separate quotes because they can speak the other language. I remember I was at Everton and... Um, uh, there was some questions being asked to Jorginho in Italian. And, uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's a really good um, position to be in because you can, you're speaking to the player in his um, original language, his number one language. It can encourage them to be a little bit more talkative with you. So it's definitely, uh, <laughs> it's definitely maybe a skill that I should look to try and learn, but it's a long time to try and learn a new language. Um I don't know be the most effective. I suppose Portuguese in the Arsenal squad would be the best language to know at the moment. Um, uh, I guess that would be really beneficial indeed. Uh, King Lucky says, personally, I don't think we need a striker so badly. I think our attack flows quite nicely and having a sole number nine uh, that's in and around the box would be really, uh, would stunt a lot of attacks. I don't know if it would. I think that having a target is great and I think a player of Ozymen's level of quality would be exceptional. Um so I, I disagree slightly. I know where you're coming from. I just think that, uh, yeah, I, I just think that it, it, having a player of that level of quality, you'd see the benefit of it still. But uh, who, who knows? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. John says, do you class any players as friends? No, <laughs> I'm not. It's not the way it goes. Um, it's uh, you're, That's not the situation you're in. Uh, you can certainly build up a, a level of... Um, Rep, is it repartee? Is that the is that the word? Um, you know, so a player will recognise you if you're in a mix zone, and sometimes you know because I, what in, Martin Odegaard is in particular fantastic for mix zones. He's also very professional, very polite. It's completely professional, always. So no, it's not a friends situation at all. It is a you're the journalist, they're the player. You need to ask the questions that you want to ask, and. Uh, a rapport, thank you. Uh, that's the word I was looking for. You can build up a rapport uh, with the players, and they know they recognise your your face, etc. Um, especially like if you're so for the Lawns game, you know, players knew who the English media were. If you're going abroad and covering players in kind of different tours and stuff, things like that. But uh, no, friend, the word friends is is out of the window. Um, it's just not the way it goes. It is a professional scenario. It is a professional setting. And so that's the way that you need to keep it. Um, so uh, let's go up a little bit more. Art de Roche is fantastic, indeed. Uh, he's very, very good um, and a great lad as well and certainly doing some great stuff for the Athletic. Um, Swinging Monk says, do you think that Trossard's fallen off a little bit recently? I think that since, obviously, the... Um, I think the... The, the pre-season of Trossard was really impressive. And what we saw during pre-season was really exciting. And so we were thinking, oh, I wonder what Trossard's going to be able to do. And it has dropped off a bit since then. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, it's very, very frustrating because I think there was real excitement about what he could do. Um, but uh, yeah, we're still waiting 
to see uh, the best from Trossard this season, I think. But injuries have obviously, um, yeah, the, we are trying desperately to see him more and see more from him. But uh, it's it's frustrating that he's not been able to kind of build on what was a really impressive pre-season. Um, let's go. And yeah, I think injury has been a part of it. But I, I think there is also an element of um, just just not him being as good as he was. And I think that maybe there's more of the fact that he wasn't starting. I think Arteta didn't give him as many minutes as maybe he could have done at the start of the season. And so he lost that momentum that was built up in pre-season, which is a, a bit of a shame. Um, David says, is the mix zone where they serve that delicious cheesecake? No, that's the press lounge. Um, <laughs> and it's not been around for some time. The next chance to potentially have that cheesecake will be Sheffield United. So I will report back and let you know whether or not that very, very good cheesecake is indeed in the press lounge at the Emirates next. That will be next Saturday uh, after after the Sevilla game. Um, I think we might end the show there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, a little bit of an insight into some more things that go on behind the scenes as well, uh, which I hope you've appreciated. And uh, I, I've been as honest as I can be uh well not even as I can be I've just been honest I've just told you how it is um but thank you so much everybody that's tuned into the show it is very much appreciated I hope that you have a fantastic day let's keep those fingers crossed for a big big result I'll obviously be back uh tomorrow uh 8am to give you all of the reaction to today's uh game uh hopefully we'll do an immediate reaction over on the Arsenal way as well so if you want to watch something immediately in the aftermath of the final whistle we should be doing something on the Arsenal way so you can uh you can listen to that over there uh, thank you uh for everybody that's tuned in drop a like subscribe all that usual lovely jubbly stuff and uh yeah it's been an absolute pleasure stay safe stay well and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.